You're listening to Wholesaling Inc. Episode number 196. Don't be afraid to screw up. Don't be afraid of that. Because if you do, you're going to be at those meetings for a year and you're never going to do anything or you're going to stop coming and you're never going to do anything. And, you know, that's basically you're going to be like, I remember when I wanted to do that. I just Mm -hmm. never did. This is game-changing information guaranteed to raise your real estate wholesaling business with actionable steps you can take immediately to navigate the ins and outs of wholesaling and start making money today. Join us as we put our guests in the hot seat and dive deep to dissect their strategies for success to enable you to duplicate their results. Investor Grit presents Wholesaling Inc., the only show dedicated to making you a fortune in wholesaling with your hosts, Tom Kroll and Cody Hoffheim. Hey, welcome to another episode of Wholesaling Inc., the number one real estate wholesaling podcast. And I just wanted to jump in here real quick and give you a reminder, a very important reminder, that our Wholesaling Summit is coming up fast and you absolutely don't want to miss this event. The event is happening on October 15th, 16th, and 17th and will be hosted in beautiful Asheville, North Carolina. But why? Why is it so important that you attend this event? That's a great question, and I'm going to tell you right now. We are going to be sharing the most cutting-edge wholesaling strategies. I'm talking about things that are working right now, so you can immediately implement these things into your business and start making more money the moment you leave the event. Some of the most successful real estate investors in the country will be going deep on everything they're doing in their business right now and will be giving it to you so you can explode your business. Yes, we are not holding anything back here. You'll get to learn from and actually meet and network with some of the biggest names in the industry and pick their brains. How awesome is that? So to get your tickets now, go to www.wholesalinginksummit.com. Again, that is www.wholesalinginksummit.com. And for the first time ever, this event is open to the general public. So it's not just for tribe members this time around, but you need to hurry. There are only a limited amount of seats available and we are almost sold out. So www.wholesalinginksummit.com and we'll see you there. Hello, Wholesaling Inc. podcast listeners, the Rhino Tribe. It is Brent Daniels, and it is a phenomenal podcast episode today. I know that I say that a lot because I get excited a lot by all the amazing people that I get to talk to around the country that are doing phenomenal things, getting the absolute best wholesale deals in their markets. And I love the opportunity. I'm honored by the opportunity to be able to bring them onto this podcast, onto the uh, YouTube channel, and really just share their story because I think it just helps everybody grow. And that's the point of this is to absolutely have collaboration and not competition and to really just grow as much as possible in this industry because there's a lot of homeowners out there that need our help. There's a lot of cash buyers out there that need our help. So I want to start with this. I want to start with an assumptive ask. Now, what does that mean, an assumptive ask? An assumptive ask is going in and having a conversation with a homeowner and assuming that they're going to sign a contract with you. It is what the superstars in this industry do. It is what the absolute best of the best of the best do on a daily basis is they assume every appointment they go on, every lead that is hot, that they are going to sign contract. And let me start with this quote from a phenomenal book by Jeb Blount called Objections. It just came out. It says, assuming when you ask 
that you will get what you want is a mindset of positive expectation. This mindset manifests itself in your outward body language, voice inflection, tone, and words you choose. The foundation of an assumptive ask is your belief system and self-talk. When you tell yourself you are going to win and keep telling yourself so, it bolsters your confidence and expectation for success. High, ultra-high performers believe that they are going to win and are supposed to win. I love that, especially if you are new to the wholesaling world. If you've never done a deal or maybe you've done a couple deals and you're kind of nervous about whether or not, you know, you're going to get this contract signed or whether or not you're going to be able to provide value to these homeowners. You got to assume that you are the right person for the job or it's not going to happen for you. You have to have that confidence. You have to have that positive mindset that says, I can provide value here and I can do the best job. Nobody can do it better. So with that, talking about nobody can do it better in San Antonio, Texas, I would love to bring to this podcast, Mr. Colin King. Colin, say hello. Hey, Brent. How are you today? I am doing phenomenal. I get to spend the next uh, 20, 30 minutes with you, so it couldn't be better. So San Antonio market. How is the San Antonio market? Tell me a little bit about what you're dealing with there. It is very hot. Um, and it seems uh, for a little while, it seemed like we we're slowing down a little bit and it's sped back up. To give you an idea, with uh, I was, saw a presentation the other day on the market and they were talking about months of inventory. Mm-hmm. And right now, hottest part for us is 150 to 200. Sure. That actually reduced from over three months at the beginning of the year to under two months now. So it's houses are just going left and right like crazy. We have a ton of influx of people moving here. So it's a very hot, hot housing market right now. Excellent. So when the housing market gets hot in San Antonio, like how does that affect your conversations with home sellers? Because I know at least in Phoenix here, and it's very similar to San Antonio, is, you know, you've got... Uh, now sellers are expecting to get a ton for their house because they hear it in the newspapers, they hear it on the news, they hear it through social media that the market's hot and there's no houses for sale and everybody gets the most for their house. I mean, does that, is it affecting you when you're going on your appointments? Yeah, it's, I think it's affecting everyone here some to a point. It's just a matter of explaining to them, yes, it may have gone up, but you have all these issues with your house, whether it's in horrible shape. You saw the pictures of my last house that was a hoarder house. Yep. Fortunately, we realized it was a hoarder house. But you just kind of have to explain them, let them know what's going on, that there's a lot of work that would have to be done. It may be worth 150, but in its current state, it's only worth 50 or 75 or whatever. So you have to have that conversation. I totally get it. I totally get it. And I agree with you 100%. I am only looking for rough houses, like rough, rough, rough houses. That's why driving for dollars is so powerful. That's why, you know, tired landlord lists are so powerful because they literally, you know, the these houses are beat up. They have to do something. And most of the time, the homeowner doesn't have the budget to be able to do that. So they just want to get rid of it. Because I'm telling you now, if it's a clean house and it's in good shape and it's in a decent area, they are flying off the shelf as soon as they hit the market. The only opportunity you have there is if you can catch them before they put it on the market. But most of the time, they've got a lot of realtors in their ears and they've got a lot of family members in their ears. And what they're doing is they're essentially just convincing them, just put it on the market, get as much as you want for it. But I love what you said, Colin, about going after after the rough houses. That's huge. Oh, I agree with you. Um, that last one, fortunately, was a landlord, which I didn't realize at the time, but that was off of driving for dollars. Uh, the other one where I'm starting to have some success on getting some interest is the code violation list. Mm-hmm. Uh, so those are, you know, the city's already doing the work for you. What They're is telling the, you where what, the bat- what is the code violation list? 
code violation list is uh, here in San Antonio. I think they have about 40 or 50 people that all they do is drive around all day long and find code violations that the people are keeping up with. So when it comes to residential, it could be that the house is about to fall down or it's a massive disrepair or the lawn's too long or they've got junk vehicles in their front yard, anything that doesn't meet the city codes and ordinances. Got it. Got and it. so we're able to get to that list. Fortunately, here we can just get it online once a month, and the city will even tell us when it comes available. Beautiful. I love that. And so once you get that list, once you're out there, what are you doing to get a hold of them? Um, what I've done is pretty much pared that list down, and then I'll just do a quick search on our uh, county appraisal district mm-hmm. and to see if anything what's happened within the past 10 years or so. So if they just had a deed of trust a year ago, I just kind of automatically eliminate it. Got it. And there might be some other things. Just, you know, we want houses that probably have at least 10 years of uh, payments on them or or more of sure. payments on them. Um, I've taken those, skip traced them, turn around and started cold calling. Beautiful. And picking up the phone and just making contact. I love that. Now, do you have, are you from a sales background? Are you from like a prospect, phone prospecting background? I have never done really done phone prospecting that much. Yeah. Um, I do come from a uh, sales background. I've done insurance. I've done in-home sales for uh, two nationwide companies. So I have done that before. But as far as sitting down at a dialer, like teaching the uh, TTP program, I've never done anything like that before. Yeah, it's interesting. And coming from a sales background, it's a huge advantage because you are used to, you have that endurance and that experience and that muscle memory of making so many calls and reaching out and following up and doing that. So that's a huge advantage, especially, you know, if you're just getting into this industry from another kind of sales industry where you've had to make a lot of contacts on a daily basis, it's definitely an advantage. So you were insurance. How'd you get into wholesaling? I mean, it's, it's so funny. I think that we live in this bubble, you know, especially on the podcast and maybe in our Facebook and maybe, you know, with the people people that we connect with that like everybody wholesales, everybody wholesales. Then you go out into like the community, right? The normal, you know, the civilians of the world and nobody knows what the heck we're talking about. You know what I mean? I I go to real estate groups, brokerages, everything. They have no idea what I'm talking about. It's so crazy. I mean, how did you even find wholesaling? Well, what had happened for me is uh, I didn't come straight from insurance to this. So when I got out of college, I worked as an insurance underwriter. Um, That moved me. I was living in Connecticut at the time, up there about eight years, moved to Dallas with that job. After a while, did not like what I was doing. Ended up in construction for a number of years. And then when we moved to San Antonio, I kind of got into some of the other sales. And then prior really to getting into real estate for a number of years, I've been working as a mobile notary, doing um, uh, signings, a lot of refinances, things like Mm -hmm. that. That kind of died off as soon as the election happened. And not to get political, it doesn't matter who got elected, the interest rates were going up, yep. which what my industry went down because people were not going to refinance at the same rate, essentially. Right. And I had always wanted to get into, uh, my goal was flipping. Like, I want to flip, I want to flip just with a construction background. Mm-hmm. And finally, it's probably coming on almost two years ago, I heard an advertisement on the radio for a local guru group. They're just within the state. And I signed up for it. My wife came home, you know, to go to their night meeting, you know, once a month night meeting. And uh, I pretty much said, okay, I signed up for this. I want you to go. Let's go take a look at it. We went through their three-day class, which at the end of it, they're trying to get 20 to 50 out of you, sure. or, uh, 50,000 out of you. Yep. But we can't do that. We got to figure something else out. And then I ended up going to a meeting that was a local. He's just here in San Antonio, Guru, but he just does wholesaling. Mm. On occasion, he'll do a flip. Sure. 
price was relatively good. It was someone locally who's also a real estate attorney. Mm. So I jumped on that, yeah. and that's where I got my first deal from. I love it. That's really great. So you just kind of kept searching around, searching around for the right fit, found somebody local there, which I think is huge to find somebody that, that's right there in your market. You can get so much competency out of that. I think that that's a huge thing is to, to get competent. Is it a deal? Is it not a deal? And how big of a deal is it? Huge, huge, okay. especially when you have somebody local that can guide you. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Fortunately for me, that first deal was a huge deal. Well, fortunately, unfortunately, the first one was a huge deal. The sure. Fortunately, it was a lot of money in our pocket. Yeah. The unfortunate was it was like, oh, I can get this much on everyone. And, you know, you kind of have to go, wait, no, I can't. Oh, your appetite just fills up, right? You're like, oh. I'll do this every month. I'm going to be like the richest man in Babylon, right? It's like you're just so you get so excited and you're just like, you know, this is going to be easy money. But it's awesome. I mean, even hitting those those big time checks. By the way, how much did you make on that? On your first one? That one, um, with the way the agreement was, I got a little bit over half of it. Because okay. he starts to pay you back some of your, if you do a deal, he'll start paying you back over three deals. The amount of money you spent on the class. Got it. So that first deal, it was a foreclosure. Mm-hmm. He stayed the morning of. I got a call the morning before the auction. They were ready to go do a TRO, but the attorney said they had pulled it, the trustee. Yeah. And we ended up doing that. Total, it was 77000 my <laughs> It was how much? 39000 Wait, 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 wait. So you, your first deal was $77,000. Right. And my take was thirty nine. <laughs> that is, here we go. Oh my gosh, that is bananas. That is absolutely phenomenal. I love it. And then, so from there, what do you do? I mean, did you did you just sit around? Did you f- try to repeat what you did? How did you even find that deal, by the way? That was actually, well, it was a foreclosure list. Right. And what had happened is I had actually taken the class on my own because my wife had to work, but both of us signed up essentially. Back in November, I kind of did a few things with it. It got to April and... We decided both of us were going to take the class and he had actually given us a list because the last day you go drive around and then everyone shares the list. And I just sent out mailers and I had done some mailers beforehand, but I'm like, you know what? Just let me send out these mailers. They were the foreclosure list. And fortunately, I got a call on that. Awesome. So you just mailed to a foreclosure list and boom, 77,000 of which the guy walked you through the whole process. You got 39 and he's paying you back for what you invested into him as a local guy. Phenomenal. Right, exactly. Phenomenal. Really, really great. Okay, so next steps. Then what do you do? So you so do your first there, deal. You're like feeling awesome. Now what do you do? Well, I was trying to figure out what route was going to be the best marketing route for me and everything else. And I had actually for a long time been listening to Wholesaling Inc. Mm-hmm. And we, I've been doing some direct mail, continue to do that. And on the podcast, it's kind of funny because I finally got caught up and I think it was number 78 is where I stopped. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't know that we need to spend the money on that. We were trying to figure out what to do yeah. and not spend all the money on one thing and spend too much. And we figured it was just easier to send out our own mail. Okay. So I was doing that for a while. Mm-hmm. Got a deal back in December off of that. After that, and I guess I started with the TTP program in Aprilish, yep. early May. Mm-hmm. And it was weird because I came back and I was still trying to find what was the right way to do things. Yep. You know, because the direct mail, I was getting some stuff back, but it's inundated. It's just, it's kind of, you talk about, you've got the passive, you've got semi-passive type ways of doing things. 
And I went back and let's start listening to the podcasting. And I think you were on number 83 or 84 or something. And I'm like, why didn't I listen for another month or two? (laughs) I'm like, you need to listen to this podcast. This makes sense. It's not that expensive to do as far as the marketing dollars go into it. Exactly. She listened to it. I'm like, let me call him. Let me find out what the price is. Came back, uh, talked to her the next day after talking with uh, someone up, I think Annie up in... uh, Up in uh, Utah? Yep. Utah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so talked with her about it, found out about it. Next day, I'm like, let's just go ahead and do this, get signed up. My wife was on board with it. She's like, we've got to figure out some marketing stream, and then we just went from there. Love it. So, and you just did a deal, right? You were just at the beginning of this podcast, you were just talking about, and I know because, you know, we talk all the time, but you just did a deal that was a hoarder house, right? Can you walk us through some of that? Because I know a lot of people drive by a lot of hoarder houses all the time, and there's a very easy strategy for reaching out to those hoarder houses. So, you know, kind of explain what you did. So what I did from the outside, you wouldn't know it was a hoarder house. You knew it needed a lot of work. Then. Got it. It was a, a driving for dollars list. Mm-hmm. Came back, got it skipped, traced, just started making calls. And the first time I called the guy, I was like, you know, I saw the house. I'm inter- Are you interested in selling, you know, using the script? Mm-hmm. And he pretty much was like, well, yeah, sure. What did you have in mind? And I just basically did 60% of Zillow mm-hmm. as my number. And that came out 100. And I hey, depending on the condition of the home, is going to really depend on might change that price and everything. He was like, oh, it needs a lot of work. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, it's like, well, when's there time I can see it? He's like, well, I'm going out of town. Why don't you call me this day? And then he kept kind of pushing things off. And it took three or four times. And he kept talking about this tenant that was living there and everything else. And finally, one time, it's like, well, I wanted him to clean up the paper that was in the hallway. Yep. This and the other. And finally, I said to him, I was like, you know, I've been in a hoarder houses. I've been into horrible homes. <laughs> Why don't you just let me take a look at it? I can guarantee you I've seen worse. Yep. So as soon as we get there, meet them. We're just talking a little bit, walk in the door, and sure enough, it was a hoarder home. Yep. So that's kind of where that started. We walked around the house and everything, and he pretty much came out and was like, well, you know, I know I can't get that 100, but if I can get 40 to 50, I'd be really happy. Isn't so, that the best when they just start throwing out the numbers? They, they just start throwing <laughs> out numbers. And I'm going to bring out the point on this is that, you know, just so people know, you can make mistakes on things and you can still make money or you might get out of it. And there are two, I think I mentioned this to you on one of our calls, two $10,000 mistakes I made on this, okay. on this deal. And so we're walking around, we go around to the back of the house and we're talking and I pretty much tell them, you know, I don't think I can do 50, but I'm, I can do 40. I think that's a fair deal for both of us. Yep. And that was my first mistake. I should have gone lower to try to get them lower. And I think I mentioned this to you before, too. My wife was the one that called me out on it because I've heard Todd Toback say, you know, and uh, Tom, you need to be embarrassed by your first offer. Yep. And she asked me, she's like, were you embarrassed by your first offer? I was like, well, no. She's like, you need to be embarrassed by your first offer. <laughs> yeah. So I honestly think I probably could have hit him at 20 and come back, you know, and we could have met at 30. Sure. But, well, good, you know, we lesson. got a Good lesson. Absolutely. You know, and I, I, I've had this experience uh, before too, Colin, and I'm telling you, it's case by case. It really is. I, I truly believe that. I love that, you know, make it uncomfortable. And if it's not uncomfortable, it's not low enough. I get that. But here's the deal. Like that works. If these, if you're working with somebody like you're talking about that, he's, he went from a hundred to 40 to 50, you know, he's obviously feeling like, oh, it's got too much work. It needs too much. He's already thinking that, you know, if he can get anything for it, that's great. I love that strategy for that. If somebody says, hey, 
I want a hundred grand for this and it's a smoking deal and you're trying to hit them at 70 or 80 or whatever. The next call is your competitor coming over, giving them a hundred. I'm telling you in a competitive market like this, if somebody is giving you the offer and it's something good and they're strong with it and they have a reason for that number in their mind, and you can ask the questions and kind of peel back the onion a little bit and see why they came up with that number. But if they're like dead set on it and it's a deal, lock it up. Do not okay. get all crazy. You know what I mean? It's just when you're dealing with somebody like you were in that seller, oh my gosh. And this is for everybody. This isn't this is for you. You know this stuff. But with that seller, this... That seller, you're right. I mean, there's the now you know how to sniff it out, right? Now you know, oh my gosh, this sounds like that guy. And I know that I missed out on 10 grand on that last one, not this time, man. So awesome. So, no, that's definitely, you know, learn from the mistakes and go for that's all you can do. Mm-hmm. So, going on with that, what happened next was I uh, brought some people out to look at it, priced it out there. I think it was at 90 is what I kind of put it out there at. Yep which I still, uh, ARV 200, yep. uh, probably about 50 to 60 in work. So put it out there at 90, talked with some people about it. I had one wholesale company that she's been begging me forever to do a deal with me. And this is kind of where mistake number two came along. <laughs> but she basically offered me 80. And I said, you know, I was having a hard time getting it because I need to improve my buyer's list, which we've talked about. Yep. And I was like, you know, I'm fine with that. You make 510. We're good. She's like, oh, yeah, I'll get it out the next day. Da, 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 da. Well, I met with one other person who said I would give you 75 mm-hmm. on it. And I was like, you know what? I chased that extra $5,000 when I probably should have just taken that 75 and ran with it. But what happened with that wholesaler from that wholesaling company is it took her almost a week to get everything out. Yeah. It was canceled appointments for people to view it. And after another week, I finally had to get it back from her. And we ended up getting it. I found someone that would take it at 65. Mm-hmm. So I had to take them at 75 instead of waited because that person had their money tied up then. Yep. Uh, had taken that 75 instead of having to take the 65 two weeks later. Mm-hmm. That really would have been where that other, like I said, the other $10,000 mistake. Yep. Yep. Got it. Well, I am 100% of that is solved by bigger, robust buyer database. 100%. You know what I mean? If you got people fighting over your deals, then, you know, you get to pick, you you get to cherry pick the best ones. We sell 90% of our deals sight unseen and for at or above what we're asking for. So it's, it's phenomenal. But the reason is because it's just, we, we have the buyers to do it, you know, uh, buyers with a ton of different strategies. Knowing the exit strategies for different buyers is so powerful. It's so, so, so powerful because somebody that wants to live in there is going to pay a heck of a lot different price than somebody that wants to just fix it up and flip it. So make sure you're adding a lot of different buyers to your database. Um, but phenomenal. I mean, so what, what did you end up netting on it? So that I ended up netting on it was twenty five thousand dollars. Twenty five thousand, and let's be honest, how many, how, how much calling did you need to do to get that? My calling, <laughs> when I got in there before I got a hold of them, because that was my first TTP yeah. deal that yeah. I got. Yeah, I would say once I finally applied myself to do it, I would say it was probably about maybe twenty to thirty hours of calling, but I was still learning everything, and I wasn't doing the best list at first. Yep, but. As far as the follow-up with this one person, I probably spent maybe 30 minutes on the phone with them, Love if it. that. So let's let you said 20 to 30 hours of total calls. Let's call it 25. Let's split it down the middle. And that's and you made 25,000. So you're literally, when you're on the phone making calls, you are literally one of those superstars out there that's making a thousand dollars an hour. Right. <laughs> now- <laughs> <laughs> I love it. 
$1,000 an hour. I'm telling you, you can make $1,000 an hour uh, making cold calls. You really can. Reaching out to these homeowners and providing solutions. I mean, and how happy was that seller once he, once he was able to get rid of that property? Oh, the amount of relief on his face was huge. Um, the one thing I will say, and this is the one piece of advice that I, that wholesaler did give, he needed to get stuff out of one one of these bedrooms. Mm-hmm. And what we ended up doing is we ended up getting him a dumpster so mm-hmm. he could throw other stuff away so he could get to his belongings that were in that one room. Yep. So always be willing to help out the homeowners with things. And I even went there a half a day one day to help him clean stuff out. And every two, three days, I just go get bags off the patio and throw them in that dumpster. Yeah. I mean, it cost, us, cost me just under 500 but it helped him out immensely. And he was just like, oh, yeah, we can keep going and going. Yeah, it's it's perfect. I mean, you just solve their problems, you know, especially with with, with people that have a lot of pro- stuff in their inside their property or hoarders or whatever you want to call them. They they get attached to these weird things, you know, and it's just it's just the way you know, that they're wired. But if you can provide and they get overwhelmed and they don't know what to do with all of it and they they feel bad that they've saved up that much and they're like self-loathing and they're like, you know, it's it's a bunch of different things. So if you say, listen, it's not that big a deal. You can leave it here. I can put a dumpster on the side like Colin did, and and you can throw out stuff that you want, whatever you need to do, we can make this happen. But you obviously, you know, we're having this conversation because you need to make a change. And I'd I'd love to help you with that process. And that's, that's essentially what you did. And the interesting thing about this with it being a hoarder house is it was actually a tenant. So (laughs) so this guy had lived in this house, the owner had lived in this house, bought it in 78 or 79 yeah had a roommate ended up getting married moved into his wife's house back and i think it was 89 Mm -hmm. or not or 98 98 i think it was and the tenant became the renter Mm -hmm. and he's the one that completely filled it up unbelievable unbelievable talk about like a landlord horror story (laughs) yeah that's crazy he was happy to be done with it completely yeah so, uh, Colin, what is, I, I like asking this question because it's kind of a random question and I like people's answers on it, but what is your superpower, you think, in this business? I think I'm still trying to figure it out. Good. Oh, that's <laughs> fair. Absolutely. Uh, you know, there's still a lot to figure out. I like the wholesaling aspect of it. Mm-hmm. I'm still working on, I mean, that's part of my niche. I'm just trying to figure out what the next part of it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that goes into figuring out what we're going to do as far as long-term investing in real estate goes, or are we going to do that or in different avenues? So as far as a superpower in the area, I don't know if I've established it yet. Got it. Totally get it. And that is beautiful. I love that you're, you're questioning that and trying to discover that. It's a discovery and that's awesome. So um, give me a book. Give me a book that you'd recommend to anybody out there listening that maybe they haven't read, but they need to read. Okay. I'm going to, I'll be quick on it, but I'm going to give three. Beautiful. So first of all, this man in Babylon. Yep. That is a book that changed my perspective on how to think about, and that it all comes down to it's a mentality. That's Ogmandino, right? Uh, no, uh, Richard or George Claus. Oh, okay. What was Ogmandino? Oh, the greatest salesman in the world. Okay. Richest man in Babylon. Got it. Okay. What's the second one? Next one is, it's actually by a guy here that's done a ton of uh, owner finance. He's worked on over 1,500 homes mm-hmm. and he's out of the San Antonio area, but his name is Mitch Steven. Okay. And I've got it here because I always forget the name. Uh, My Life in a Thousand Houses, Failing Florida Financial Freedom. Yeah. What, what do you like about so, it? Well, it was interesting because the first half, of, he kind of talks about his life and where it got him up to the point of getting into the business yeah. and failing in the business a lot yep. and kind of finding his way because he did a bunch of rentals. 
lower end rentals and then went into doing the owner finance. And he and one other gentleman he worked with for years and years in this area are just known for doing owner finances. And they've combined have done thousands and thousands of owner finances. Love it. That's um, awesome. I'm going to read that. That's the, that is right up. That's going to be added to my 52 books in 52 weeks challenge. Love it. What's the next one? The last one is one that you love. And I emailed you yesterday or texted you. Yep. And that's this one. That's it, baby. The go giver. Yeah. <laughs> and I've never been a big reader and it takes me forever. A lot of times through the book it took me forever to get through uh, Think and Grow Rich. Yeah. That I finished probably in about four hours. Yeah. Total time over a few days. That's so. Awesome. Yep. Great book. I want to read it again, but I figure I need to read something else in between. Five Laws of Stratospheric Success. It is a must read. That is a fact. Yeah, absolutely. Well, awesome, and Colin. What else? What, what, what other advice would you give somebody just starting out that, you know, can, can put them like actionable items? Let's not just talk about like, you know, believe in yourself or talk about, you know, you have all the potential in the world and all that, which they do. But let's let's give them something like, what would you do? You have no money. You have just your resources and your experience. What would you do to go find a deal? If I had absolutely no money, it would be driving for dollars to start with. Yep. It would be knocking on doors if need be. Yep. Overall, the cold calling, once you figure out how to do it and get it set up and the TTP program is one that's changed my perspective, made it very easy. So if you have a little bit of money because you guys aren't those $50,000 gurus, <laughs> I would say anyone reach out to you, do that program. But the biggest thing is you got to go do it. You know, you got to get up, you got to go do it. And then the other thing that I tell a lot of people when they're first starting, they're like, well, I need to learn this. I need to learn this. I'm afraid I'm going to screw up. Mm -hmm. And I'll look them straight in the face and I'll give you the PG version, but I'll look them straight in the face and say, you know what? You're going to F up. Yep. But it's okay because you do. And I was at a meeting after a meetup about a month ago, a bunch of about 10 of us are sitting around the table and there's one newbie talking that night look her straight in the face and say it. And then everyone at the table is like, yep, I do it all the time. Yep. I mean, you look at this last deal I did. I effed up twice. Yeah. Big time. Yep. And I still made a great amount of money. Yep. So, you know, don't be afraid to screw up. Don't be afraid of that. Because if you do, you're going to be at those meetings for a year and you're never going to do anything or you're going to stop coming and you're never going to do anything. And, you know, that's basically... You're going to be like, oh, I remember when I wanted to do that. I just mm -hmm. never did. Yeah. And the passion, you know, dies out and, the, uh, you know, the, the goal of it, and the dream of it uh, just fades because you're not taking action. Absolutely. It's an action-based business for sure. And I love that. Well, thank you so much, Colin, for being on this podcast. We really appreciate it. Give us some great perspective. And thank you for being so humble and admitting to $20,000 worth of mistakes on this last deal that you did, the first one for TTP, making yeah, it's, a it's thousand. Imagine what happens when you get to, you know, 100 hours that you're calling. You know, the, these things start building and building and building, you know, and you're making $1,000 an hour doing it. So it's just phenomenal. And if you guys would like to see the path that these guys are going on, the, 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 the guys and gals, the wonderful proactive professionals around the country that are building their businesses from reaching out and talking to people, the TTP, you got to go schedule a call with us, wholesalinginc.com forward slash TTP. We'd love to have a conversation with you. I guarantee you it's going to be the best conversation that you've had all year about a new marketing channel or a new prospecting channel or a new, just the best, most productive way to source 
the best deals. It's a fact. Nobody's arguing it. You can't. I'm sorry. It's a fact. It's the best. So check that out. Wholesaling Inc. forward slash TTP. If you want to meet guys like Colin King and myself and some phenomenal Todd Toback, Max Maxwell, Tom Kroll, Cody Hoffine, Brian Tripp, then you have to go to the Wholesaling Summit 2018.com. Wholesaling Summit 2018.com and get your seat. There's only 300 seats and uh, two thirds of them are full. So get there now. The last time we didn't have enough. Uh, so get there this time because it's the best event of the year. You can find me at Brent Daniels Real Estate Coach on YouTube. And yeah, I love you guys. I encourage you to talk to people and go out there and find the absolute best opportunities. Colin, say goodbye. Bye. <laughs> See you guys. Until next time. That's all for this episode. Your next step to success is to continue the conversation over at InvestorGrit.com by joining the mailing list, as well as get your chance to book a strategy session to learn the systems and become part of the tribe with your hosts, Tom Kroll and Cody Hoffheim. We'll see you next episode with more ways to make you a fortune in wholesaling.